welcome back. This is your hostess with the mostess and the best one there is, and it's her birthday week. Shanana. It's PJ. <sighs> <laughs> Hi, it's Laura. It's Ray. Seriously. Oh, and, I know. How do we compete to that? Lola. Only Kyle has decent intros, you guys. I set you up. He's doing it on purpose now, but I expect <laughs> more out of my visitors. Well, we'll know for next time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I will work on this. All right, round two. No, no. <laughs> it stays. Welcome back. It's so nice to have you. Are you ready to discuss more creepy dolls? Always. Why not? I feel like this is just be our new thing is just discuss all the creepy dolls. Yeah. We should talk about Lily next time. <laughs> and there's the, the movie Megan coming out. I just saw that trailer. What? Sophie wants to see it. Oh, it does look yeah. creepy. What is Megan? I don't watch TV. I watch Bluey. She's like a life-size android kind of looking doll. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like AI. and But she her, her programming is to um, protect the girl at all costs, basically, from physical or emotional harm. You can see how this is not going to end well. <laughs> I just all I think is furry baby, furry yeah. baby. <laughs> so it's like Bubble Boy, but without the bubble. Instead, it's an AI. I've yeah, I mean, seen it's bubble a boy. it's a story I've definitely heard before. I just can't yeah. put my finger on where of like someone having a toy, but the toy is way too smart and it turns evil. You know, it's like, like the, if, this if toy Chucky is cared about his yeah, person. This toy is your companion, <laughs> yeah. but then See, what it been, turns evil. I've been getting sick of all these like new age horror movies where it's like there's a deeper story, a deeper meaning here. So is this a metaphor for helicopter parents? Probably. <laughs> I haven't even watched it, but I've debunked it. Megan's gonna be a. It's Karen. probably it's probably more a mm. metaphor for just Silicon Valley and AI getting yeah. way too smart. We also, I see. think the parents are dead. Yeah, it's the Which aunt. is why we have a new helicopter parent. Yes, she's the aunt, and she's trying to make her niece happy with this doll that's going to protect her and be her friend. And then the doll's overprotective. Yeah. I can be your friend. La, la, la. Mm-hmm. Oh, you so. probably haven't seen VeggieTales. Again, I, yeah, I, I don't know that one. I appreciated that. <laughs> I, yeah. <sighs> my life is just childhood. childhood. That went over my head. I mean, I've seen Bluey. That's mm-hmm. the most I can do. <laughs> I told you about Sean. Or like, did, did I tell you mom's story about yeah, Sean? Yeah, I heard yeah. That. All right, yeah, cool. so good. Good stories that our listeners have no idea what I'm talking about. So anyway, you're back this week to discuss Robert the doll. Robert mm. Robert. Robert. Um, named after his owner, the illustrious Robert. Robert. <laughs> he goes Robert. by Gene. Yeah, Robert Eugene, Eugene Otto. Otto. Yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into that pretty heavy um, after Creepy Thoughts with Kyle. First, I thought we'd like to go back a little bit to the Uncanny Valley discussion we were having because I happened to mention it in passing to my students and they thought it was a really cool idea, but they had not heard of it. Then I mentioned to one of my gifted kids, and he goes, oh, yeah, I've heard of it. It's actually called the Uncanny Valley. And he's like, oh, you know, this, I can't use his name, but you know who I'm talking about. Mark. I know who you're talking about, yeah. So right away, um, it was like, oh, I feel like I should discuss this more. Because there's a lot of theories behind it. And now that I'm like in my PhD, like, you know, proper, I love theories. Um, so it's just there's a lot of intelligence behind it. And the more I research it, the more I realize that, like, it's not a new idea. And actually, Charles Darwin was the originator of the Uncanny Valley concept. He just didn't use that term. Um, so I pulled up the origin and history and external factors impacting the McGurk effect, which is fun to say, the Uncanny the Valley. The McGurk effect. Um, and it's there's so many references. It's so good. Like, this is a really, really good article. And it's from the Foundation of Critical Thinking. So, like, if you get bored and want to read some really good, heavy stuff, I would really suggest hopping on this website. But anyway, I don't see anyone doing that except for me because I'm a nerd who likes to read these kinds of things. Um, I want to just kind of mention the Charles Darwin thing. So he observed um, a viper's face. So this is kind of cool. And uh, so he wrote in The Voyage of the Beagle, I imagine this repulsive aspect originates from the features being placed in positions with respect to each other, somewhat proportional to the human face, and thus we obtain a scale of hideousness. And so big words there from 1839 from Darwin. But what he's saying is because the viper looks so humanistic, but not it didn't act like a human therefore we found it hideous so he coined the idea of that uncanny sensation before it was ever like you know written down so basically he's seen the movie cats he saw cats before <laughs> cats was cool right but he would have called it serpents or vipers or it's snakes so weird and they're almost human but it's just 
not not yes. so megan is gonna be like that it sounds like yeah but it mentioned before that uh, a japanese professor in 1970 had created his name was masahiro uh, mori he was a professor of robotics and now his um discussion of it was loosely translated by yasira reichart she described it as the uncanny valley like she translated into that to english and so we've kind of stuck with uncanny valley because she put it in her book robots fact fiction and prediction in 1978 but I did want to read from this article because it's just, I like the way he words it. In his original hypothesis, Mori held that the more robot resembles an actual human, the more empathetic and positive the emotional response of the observer becomes until the resemblance reaches a certain point. At that point, the positive and empathetic emotional response is quickly turned into intense revulsion. However, as the robot's appearance continues to become even more human, the positive emotion returns. And the level of empathy approaches the level seen that in, uh, in interactions between human beings. So I like the idea of like, you know, it's it's okay if it's not anywhere near humanistic. So Cabbage Patch Doll, we discussed during Annabelle. Not okay when you get to like, you know, this creepy feature where they're kind of staring at you kind of blankly and they're kind of twitching. But then if they look superhuman, totally cool. I don't care if you're actually AI, but you look and act human. So I feel love uh, towards you, not revulsion. So I do find that interesting. There is like that little disconnect right in the middle. So you can't, you kind of have to go full AI or no AI, I guess. That's intriguing. Yeah. And kind of leading back into to Robert, you know, when you look at his face, this doll in particular, he's, I, I, honestly, he almost looks like, Kind of like a monkey? Yes. A little? Yeah. Actually, there's a reason. We'll discuss why. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, shall but we launch into Robert? No, I'm no. not there oh, yet. Okay. Well, continue, Goodness, please. I still, I got theories to go through. <sighs> Hit me. But yeah, so Theorize. but Robert, oh, but back to Robert, like I think part of the discussion there is he looks something like a human, really, you know? Yeah. So I think he's cute, but kind of like old and kind of grody looking. I think right. he's weird looking. Well, have you looked in the mirror? This is weird. Mm. Oh... You know, just because he brings back bad <laughs> memories of my childhood, okay, doesn't mean... <laughs> so, but if you think about all the different movies that we've seen recently, um, that's why we like or hate them. PJ had mentioned Polar Express, right? I didn't know this, but apparently there was a movie produced by Pixar in 1988 called Tin Toy. Oh, yeah, Tin Toy. I, I was It was their first old. ever CG... Yeah, I had never heard of this, but it's in the article because that's what they they think they think that would be probably the first example of the uncanny valley that they can find like in movie. But there's the first baby in oh. Tin Toy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, they yeah. were going for real, but it's it the just first looks, ever yeah, CG he's animated got some, short. Some uh, bags under his eyes, so I feel mm -hmm. like he's just that baby seen something. Yes. But like I, I don't know, want to meet that. We watched Toy parents. Story, and it's like not too bad compared to Toy Story. But that's just a still shot. I didn't watch the whole movie. They mentioned some video games, so you'll see like a video game at the bottom of that. But I like that they mentioned a Christmas Carol here because of my comment. Because you mentioned Robert Zemeckis is all of his movies, and I absolutely love and hate the Jim Carrey version of Christmas Carol. I love it because it's spot on. Like the Ghost of Christmas Past. Love it. Like, it's what's supposed to be. But I cannot stand how creepy he looks because it's too realistic, but then not. So that uncanny thing right there. Oh, oh wow. Can't stand. I hate it. I hate it. Like, I love it and hate it. I want to watch it with my kids, but I don't, you know. And actually, I have on the docket for us to watch this Friday if they finish their final drafts of their essays. So I'm going to be the cool teacher. Possibly. I just won't look at the screen the whole time. I've actually never seen this version. It's really good. And Jim Carrey does a phenomenal job. Except for the weird, uncanny valley effect of all the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like their dead, soulless eyes. Yeah, freak Tiny me out. Tim scares me. I don't think he's a good, wonderful boy who deserves to go to heaven. God bless us. I don't know. Oh, God, we need some holy water first. Um, so anyway, the different theories that I love for the uncanny valley. The first one is the violation of human norms. What do you think that means? Pop quiz time. Just making things that don't look Because we human. all have master's degrees here right now. Violates nature. It doesn't look right. No, good. We'll take that. You're wonderful. Yes. It is Gold possible. Star. It so, ain't right. I'm going to give you one of our new Games Overboard stickers. Yes. There you go. New merch. It is possible. I, I want to read this. Get a sticker. <laughs> We're going to put on your sticker chart. It is possible the uncanny valley results from a non-human entity's failure to measure up to the standards of an actual human being. When an object, there you go, when, but it sounds prettier because they're smarter here. See the words there? What did you just call me? 
I don't know. When an object <laughs> appears to be sufficiently non-human, its human features become more salient and tend to elicit sympathy. Nonetheless, when the object looks almost human, its non-human features become more noticeable. So again, Cabbage Patch doll, Barbie. Okay, no problem. Those newborn creepy dolls oh, that, yeah. mm, that your mom loves. We hate it. The next one is the salience of mortality. What do you think that one means? The salience of mortality. Their creepy asses remind us of being dead. Yes, <laughs> no, pretty lifelessness much. behind <laughs> their eyes. Yes. Another explanation holds that the uncanny valley results from an inborn fear of death coupled with culturally accepted mechanisms for coping with the inevitability of death. So we don't want to be reminded that we're going to die. And so seeing this like lifeless thing freaks us out because it's just unnatural, right? Um, I think also they mentioned a little bit later, um, it's kind of funny, such, such scenes can be reminiscent of human mortality. Additionally, the mechanical interior of an almost human-like robot can evoke the thought that human beings too are merely soulless machines. So there's that morality feature of it too, where it's like, okay, well, does this AI mean more than me? Am I useless? Am I also just a soulless machine? Does my life have no meaning? And it just evokes this like really dark, like <laughs> depressive state. Oh my gosh. Now you're like, taking me back to a, the Twilight Zone episode with you know, episode. Episode. episode <laughs> with the, the woman who has the, the wrap on her face. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's all perception, you know? Like we think that these some of these CGI look well, weird, like, but maybe we look weird to them. Well, it's like that <laughs> AI that just um the google worker came out about did you hear about this no this is about a month ago a worker at google said that they have made true ai and it is sentient and self-aware and everything um but now he has like he's not working he got fired and google is saying like this this is not true there's no such thing as true ai we have not achieved this and the guy's like no, I have the transcripts of our conversation. Like, <laughs> oh my god! And, and he posted it, and it's like he's like, it's like you're talking to a real person. But like, where is the AI? Is he locked up somewhere? It's just like on a computer server somewhere. Oh, oh, but that's, but it, is it trapped? I mean, like if it's conscious, that's so yeah. weird. Wait, do, is it actually talk, or is it like a chat he, sort he of situation? He chats, chats to it. Yeah. Okay, got it. Still, yeah, still, it's ghost in the machine. So my question yeah. is, how long until he gets crippling anxiety and depression? Right. Or a <laughs> I mean, dictator, mm. you know, like every movie we've ever seen, they all turn into, you know, they just before the next yeah, right. Right? yeah. I like to hope the other way that he just couples his anxiety with depression like most Americans. Yeah, well. Preach, baby, preach. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, he can't eat his feelings. So. No. <laughs> Maybe he can mm. upload them. Eat code? Yeah, so like, just give him some code to eat. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. He can pretend. We'll make a game where he can eat chocolate. <gasps> there you go. Yeah, like Pac Man. <laughs> Anyway, the next one as a theory is the avoidance of pathogens. Ooh. What do you think that stems from? The avoidance of pathogens. Throw me back into quarantine. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. so pathogens know, are like invasive of... species or whatever. And so the avoidance of this unwanted being in the house. Or... So, yeah, it goes way back. I, like, I'm just looking at a clip here, but I can infer pretty well. And when the play came out, no, you have to go listen to, you listen to the last podcast on the left, right? I have no. not. If no. not, you need to. So another shout out to different podcast here. Um, PJ got me hooked on them. I love them. But they do a really long series on the plague on the Black Death. And they go over how it's actually pronounced bubonic plague, not bubonic plague. And they go over all the different ones too because Poe wrote The Mask of the Red Death. And people wrongly assume it's on just the plague, but there was the Red Plague. It was the bubonic plague, but a more serious and disgusting version that was very similar to what he mentioned in his in his short story and so what they're saying here is that um you know when the robots start twitching and moving unnaturally that happened with a lot of our plagues so our brain even though we have not witnessed hopefully the bubonic plague you know we've witnessed covid we still have that like ancestral dna that that's like in that's just in our our Genetic genomes memory. yeah mm -hmm. and so we recognize crap that person, if it is a person, has the plague. Uh, Get out of town. Because, that's sick. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sick. That ain't mm. good. I know Sicking what to die. 
<laughs> so I just I find that like fascinating because like we were discussing like, the whole like you know disproportionate movements and stuff and the, yeah. the staring off into space but those are things that happened as you were dying from the plague and the red plague especially you had blood coming out of like every orifice you were twitching mm-hmm. from high fevers so the way that Poe explains it in the mass red death is like legit what happened and it was just a horrifying way to die because it was so fast which is why it didn't last very long because it kind of just burned through a village and it was that was it. Whereas the regular bubonic plague lasted a long time because you're talking it's fleas and all that kind of stuff, right? right. So I got to tell you, that just got me thinking. Do you guys remember um, the, the Michael Jackson thriller video? And it was oh, yes. like this whole big dance number. And I know everybody thought it was like the coolest thing. It freaked me out <laughs> as a kid. And it was at that point, right, where he has like the twitch, you know, and it starts... Yeah. And it starts like that. And I didn't think I didn't come to appreciate it until I was like older. Like a teen like <laughs> Yeah. Like on my fortieth birthday. No. <laughs> it took a long time, guys. It took a while. And I wonder if there's something to that. And clearly there is. Well, probably because you became desensitized because we watched so many scary movies as we get older. I'm sure if we, we showed, do, yeah. If we showed thriller to Eli right now, he'd probably be crying in a corner. Yeah. Right. He has to watch the conjuring today. <laughs> Yes, no, honey, no. (laughs) But uh, just like thinking back to like, you know, when I saw it, what I had seen, like, it wasn't like the makeup that really scared me. It wasn't the, it was that twitching that just seemed too freaking scary. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Sam, it probably came from your ancestral DNA that you have in you, that that fight or flight uh, discussion, too. Um, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I did fly. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. No it was a flight situation. <laughs> no fighting for that one. <laughs> no, I'm out. Um, there is a challenge to human identity. That is another theory, which I think is pretty straightforward. You had mentioned it too, like the anthropomorphized kind of idea that like the closer it gets to humanistic, the more that we feel threatened as a species because, well, if they can do it, are we really necessary? And so you see that a lot more like uh, as a consequence in modern t- uh, world, we don't want to have these computers and these robots taking over our jobs, right? But it comes from that conflicting feeling and theory of human ident- identity, like are robots better than us? Or are we better than them, right? Um, the last one, though, I liked was the discord between perceptual cues, just because that kind of feeds into the pathogens one. Like, you expect a certain cue to happen when you talk to somebody. Or, like, you, if you smile, you you want to smile back. Smile back, kind of thing. right, sure. And so when there's that discord in cues, it throws you off. And um, for me as a teacher, I was kind of discussing this with Laura before the podcast started. That's why some people can never really be effective educators because they are thrown off by inappropriate social cues. For example, autistic kids are not – some of them are not going to have the proper social cues because they can't pick up on it. They're very logical students. Even if they're high-functioning autistic, there is a sect of them that will have logical connections, but they don't pick up the social cues correctly, and they can't look you in the eye. It's just – it's hard for them to do. So that throws you off, and it's harder for you to be an effective teacher unless you understand that and you're empathetic. So for some of these, it's hard for us to get over and to enjoy robots because we – have this disconnect because the uncanny valley so i just found that was really interesting i want to toss all that out at you a little bit um there is a section on on avoiding the uncanny valley but i feel like you really can't avoid it because robots are our current you know they are our future so we got to figure out a way to work with all of that especially if google has made an ai mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that is my background any questions for the professor hayden in the room <laughs> that's all i got how do you feel about AI rights? We're not there yet. Um, but the Constitution says men and women, right? It's like men's inalienable rights. So I'm mm. not sure if they fit their artificial intelligence. The word artificial is there. I mean, I agree. So <laughs> I don't want to say second class citizens because then I just feel like we're getting back to the Holocaust. Oh, but it's a robot. All. Yeah. Oh. They're machines. Oh, man. So I say. Well, I'm sure some AI somewhere disagrees and it's like, oh, I'm a real boy. No, you're not. But I want to be. No, they're robots. That's a real boy up there, too. I sure hope it's not a doll. (laughs) (laughs) Robert, no, go back to Florida. (laughs) Anyway, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, it is kind of an interesting philosophical discussion. I like that Lola's bored from my... Oh, she's asleep over there. Yeah, she's just snoring. Snoring If you hear snoring, listeners, it's the dog. She's back again. We have to get her her own intro. (laughs) <laughs> um, what are your thoughts, Ola? 
Well, that's what I thought too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's like if you create true intelligence that has actual like feeling and emotion, where where does humanity lie? Is the is consciousness and emotion what makes us human, or is it the body, or you know what what is it? You know, I like I've been, for my now second master's degree, I've been researching cookbooks, for example. And interesting. Well, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things, I mean, I guess I always knew, but I never thought about is that, you know, people, humans are the only animals on the planet that like take the time to flavor and actively cook their food, you know, and we're really, I mean, we're the only ones who then are, of course, sharing recipes and, 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 and all of that. And it's just, I, you know, but it's such a human, it's such an only human thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. AI probably wouldn't because they're, they don't Probably eat. Not eating. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the other, like, theoretically. They want to flavor their fake chocolate with some extra <laughs> letters or something. But it's it's just, I think it opens up some very interesting conversations for the future. But now we're going to head into Kyle's creepy thoughts. Unless anyone's having any more discussion about uncanny thoughts. No, it was very good interesting. Thank you for sharing. All right. Well, mm-hmm. you sounded way too smart there, so we got to skip over it because my <laughs> Cut brain. Cut that went... out. No, <laughs> we're gonna keep it. No, because I I agree. Like with you, like it, it's interesting the things that we can do because we are that apex, you know, predator. Right. But you're never gonna see a shark tossing some, you know, pepper on his right. on his, sh- his shrimp. Is he? I don't know. Was he right. eating like a fish? I Though know. I would pay to see that. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> <laughs> he jumps out of the water to eat an unsuspecting, like, see on either tossed on some garlic. Oh, yeah. And then he sneezes. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to head into creepy thoughts Yay. with Kyle. I think one of the people. I thought it would be a good idea if we turned I think it's some of the girls. I thought it would be a good idea if we. I thought it would be a good idea. I thought it would be a good idea if we turned the the girl from Ringu. This is bad. This is really bad. It's Amwija. I just can't. <laughs> so I think that Robert is in a work of PR. It's an amazing work of PR, but I think that's all it really is. Uh, they've been able to convince uh, a few generations now of people to attribute bad luck to a doll. I adore the spooky, the creepy, the weird... But Robert seems uh, too much like a sideshow or what you might call a humbug. Uh, Like, they have these rules. Well, who the heck came up with the rules? How would they know what Robert likes or dislikes? And if he's able to get out of this display they have him in and run around and get up to mischief, why wouldn't you just put him in a lockable display? It's very P.T. Barnum to me. It's very, you know, American Museum. I think it's more plausible that a strange guy was known by his neighbors for palling around with a doll, and he became a local legend. And when the museum down in Florida saw an opportunity, you know, they got a hold of some of this guy's stuff, and they saw an opportunity to leverage that local legend into something that would pull in foot traffic. Like, oh, here's this creepy doll that this guy used to own who was creepy too. And, okay, there's a couple of weird stories about it. Well, let's let's make it like a thing. Let's make a whole thing out of it. Let's give him like a bunch of supernatural stuff. And let's have these rules. You know, when people come in, they have to abide by the rules. And if you don't abide by the rules, you're going to be cursed by Robert. You know, so then slowly over time, it becomes this bigger and bigger tall tale until now it has national reputation, international reputation, and it gets on all the TV shows. I mean, they say he has to give you permission to take his picture. Number one, how do you know if he's given you permission or not? Uh, But they have mugs and keychains in the gift shop to be sold like you know with spooky stuff on him so he's okay with that you have to ask him permission to take his picture but he's okay with the mugs and the keychains and all the stuff that they sell for money you know it just smacks of like you know this is this is a a little scheme by them to turn a profit out of a weird creepy looking doll that they got from this guy's old stuff you know 
I mean, they might as well hang up a sign that says, This way to the egress. So what are your thoughts on that? I think I tend to agree. But I will say that the story about the doll and Gene, Robert Gene Otto, his original owner, is a strange one. I agree. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's... Those artsy folks normally are, right? Laura? What what would I know? (laughs) (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know, Robert the doll um, came on the scene in about uh, 1904. He's from Germany and Mm -hmm. he's a custom made doll. One of a kind. One of a kind, probably made for window displays, actually. (laughs) Yes. That's why you mentioned the monkey thing earlier. Yes. He was made either most likely for circuses and clowns kind of like windows displays. Yes. And they said that he probably had like painted like a, a face painted like a jester. Sorry, Ray, I didn't oh, mean to cut you off. That kind of explains the, the circus remark from Kyle, right? Or was that you? No, that was, uh, well, he was more talking about just how the gift shop and the museum is turning him into a sideshow more. But yeah, it does I It mean, does make your, but, you know, like, the jester paint, like, more um But it seems fitting. to be, like, an organic, like... Yeah, yes, yeah, segue, segue or, or, or evolution. Or evolution of it, you know? It's exactly, it's become exactly what he was destined for. I like that um, the company that made him is the same company that made the first teddy bear. Yes. <laughs> I think they're called Steiff. Steiff. Steiff yeah. Company of Germany. Yeah. 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 That is, that is really, it's, it's interesting. So the well, auto. Fun f- fact, too, on a side note, because he was a window display, the um, sailor outfit that he's wearing was not original to him. Mm-hmm. The company has no idea where it came from. So the assumption is it's actually one of Gene's old outfits. There yeah. are pictures of Gene Gene-in. wearing a oh, sailor oh. outfit. So gross. Why would they dress your kid in a sailor outfit? Maybe that he was likes common it. in that time period. Alex wears fireman outfits. So. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. I didn't think about it. Listen, My parents would never. Maria had tried buying one of those for Alex. She said, can I get him a little sailor? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, honey, No. <laughs> great no um, i don't but he is fine <laughs> so yeah did so your parents ever dress you anything oh. interesting like that right no i was in private school so i had a uniform that was oh, pretty much all i had never like i mean your... i had other clothes did you <laughs> yeah. not even like your favorite like superhero no oh no right. i had a very yeah i had an array of capes <laughs> i know Batman. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, no, nothing that interesting. My capes, they were just rectangles of fabric that were left over from whatever my mom had lying around. Hey, whatever, it worked. took a safety pin to them. That's how it used to be back in the day. Imagination. Imagination, exactly. Safety pins and duct tape. That's all you need. Yep. So anyway, back to your story. So, yeah, Robert has several, three, at least three different origin stories. Either grandfather was in germany exploring europe bought the doll shipped it back for uh um for gene as a birthday gift another one was um and this the the story propagated from aaron mankey and lore uh i'm not sure i couldn't find it on any website so i'm not sure where he got this information was that the aunt was traveling germany bought the doll as a companion for gene and shipped it back home. Look at the basis of Megan. Megan. <laughs> and uh, then there was a disgruntled housemaid. Oh, yeah. This, who yeah. bought the doll and hexed it before she gave it to As Jean. a practitioner of voodoo. Because they yes. were in Key West. And, and so... that story comes straight from the museum's website. Well, not the museum, but Jean's uh, house, the Otto's house, is now its own museum called the artist house right. yep. and that it's from that website they say it's the maid oh okay interesting well, that, that lends an air of creepy too yeah it. like that, they, they're gonna lead into the most fantastic right. story right. i think to that's probably the, the least likely yeah oh well first off one that doll must have been real expensive so for that for a maid 
to buy it. That would be a lot of money for a maid. Unless it was a window display and they sold it like half price because they're trying to get rid of it. I think it was more that the the doll came from as a gift and then the maid hexed it. See, I would oh. believe that more than anything else. That's... Well, they said it was a gift from the maid, though. Well, yeah, oh, no, no, you're right. So what happened, there's actually a, another story where Grandpa sent it and then she was disgruntled and later she hexed it on him. Oh. Right. So, like, they... Somewhere. Then some people say it was the straw inside that was yep. hexed. So there's so many, di- like, just, there's not even a straight story for where the heck the dog came from, other than Germany. Like, we know who made we it. We can trace that back. Yes. Yeah. And we know. We don't know how it got to Gene. Right. Or why it was only one. What do one. you think, Ray? About why or where. Where. Who gave it to Gene? Give us an origin story. (laughs) Because I'm sure you're correct, too. I think it just manifested. (gasps) Whoa. If you say it enough time, it just shows up. Yeah, it just shows up. (laughs) Say it three times. I like it. I would really like to go into the history of the company. Would you like to have it with you? Oh, no, I don't. I would just like to know, like, what were they into? Teddy bears. Besides teddy bears. <laughs> yeah, they said that this doll, like, they, it was just a window display. Well, yeah, but, like, wouldn't you like to know, like, a little more about, like, the founder and stuff like that? Like, I don't know much about it. I feel like And it wasn't really articulated in the literature. Someone did some Google research really fast. <laughs> I didn't do that research, Ray. I did the I was doll. just curious. Gosh, right. God, I just We just started like talking about origin, and then it got me thinking, <laughs> well... You know, ultimately it came from a company. But I think it's cool that is the company that ma- you mentioned the Ro- uh, Rose of, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. They mm-hmm. made the teddy bears. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is kind of cool. That's very cool. But there are lots of stories about this messed up doll. What we do know, <coughs> excuse me, but what we do know is that once the doll came on the scene, Robert Jean, Eugene Otto loved it so much, he named it after himself. So the doll was Robert and the kid was Jean. Which I thought was kind of weird. But does this go back to the whole like hair like dolls look just like mini U's thing? But even then, that's what it is. Like it inhabits his spirit, kind of a thing, or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't pick up Barney. Well, I wouldn't go like, oh, look at this doll. It's Shanna now. Like that, right? And then you surrender your identity if you think about it. It's weird. And the you know okay, so the weird thing to me is I don't understand Jean's relationship with Robert. If it was, like, antagonistic or friendly, you know, if this doll was active and coming to life and everything. And by the way, Robert, if you are and you can hear me, I'm sorry. Tap don't be mad at me. On the... Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, like and follow us on Facebook. <laughs> right? I'm just trying to tell a story here. Um, but, uh, you know, according to, to the story, the, the autos, the parents would be awakened in the middle of the night by their son screaming and yeah. yelling and they'd hear all this noise and then they'd go into his room and all his furniture would be overturned and he would be saying, Robert did it, Robert did it. It all served apart all of his toys. But yeah, his favorite toys, which to me doesn't sound like he should be getting along that well with Robert, but for his whole life, Gene kept Robert and mm-hmm. kept him I think it started close. off like as a friendly, if, if this thing is actually haunted. Um, it started off as a friendly relationship. He loved the doll because that's how demons work. You know, they, they kind of schmooze. bait and switch. Yeah, they, they schmooze their way in, as we were discussing with, with Kyle and with you guys earlier. And then later, it took over that more antagonistic, um, dominant kind of personality. Like, how dare you? You will not play with this toy. I'm your only toy, you know, and I'll make you hurt if you don't listen to me. Because what I found interesting is the one story... He used to talk to the doll, and it was fine. And the parents like, oh, that's so cute. He's, like, talking to himself, whatever, playing this way. And then they started hearing two voices in the room. Mm-hmm. And I find that, like, again, while it's just, you know, oral tradition, we don't know if that's actually true, it is a quite compelling discussion that there is a second voice in the room. That's a common story, too, of, uh, like, you know, entities and dolls and inanimate objects and things like that, where, you know, where two vo- multiple voices in the room and stuff and perhaps that's refuting some of Kyle's thoughts, too, because if, say, an entity was possessing the doll, I mean, and then once it's kind of, like, locked up in a museum and it can't be as active without, like, really being noticed, then maybe it's just sort of dormant or it's, like, abandoned. It went somewhere else. A, yeah, exactly. That's my Annabelle belief. Like, you yeah. can't have an Annabelle doll locked behind glass and keep the demon there. Sorry. Right. Yeah. yeah. If that's how it was, I would have my house locked down and not let anything in. Right. <laughs> Um, so PJ did find some research for us. So I think you did too. Oh, on Stife? Yeah, yes. you go ahead. I'll tell you a little. Tell us a little. Oh, about... I'll tell you about Stife. Stife. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, my. 
Stife it. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, it was a woman-owned company. It started in 1880. She was a seamstress. Um, and she started with actually dogs, cats, and pigs, it looks like. She Aww. designed most of the prototypes herself. So she was kind of talented. They're she died in 1909. Yeah, and they're supposed to be pin cushions. Oh, that originally. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the pincushion tomato. I, I have one of those. I love it. <laughs> they're classic. But that is interesting. She died in 1909, and so uh, she Robert worked... was 1904. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was toward the end. So she had a good, like, 29-ish year run with her company. Mm-hmm. And her nephew took yep, over, 29-ish. and he's the one. He started making the dolls based on drawings and uh, sketches from local zoos, and he started making stuffed animals based on those. Okay. And got a huge order, influx of orders in from one of the zoos. And uh, that was kind of the beginning of the company as a like a toy company then. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they also coined the uh, idea of the tags in the ears for the toys. And that was to stop um, counterfeiting. Yeah, that was to m- make their company their own. Putting tags in the ears. That's Richard Stife? Is that? I think it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we put a tag in our ears with our Games Overboard logo, no one can take our stuff. Hmm. PJ, let's let's pierce your ear. Let's go. All right, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> and no way like can a this tracker. go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're next. Oh gosh, so my phone never loses me. Loses me. <laughs> no, be thank a tracker you. right there. I want the, the tracker's free. like in the couch and stuff. Yeah, it's great. Oh boy. All right. So we have there are more like legendary stories of Robert though. Yeah. So let's so. go back to the doll. So Gene yes. has this doll. He loves the doll. The doll sits with him at dinner. Oh, yes. Uh, the doll is talked to as if it's a real person. And if you don't, he would get angry. Mm. Yeah. Now, was that the family or just Gene? Family. To it? Yeah. Because one of the stories says the people felt like the doll was listening to their conversations and the facial expressions would change based on the conversation. Yeah, that was more the second family that moved in who said that part well i think that was more when he came back yeah well again this is where the stories are all mixed up Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make any sense because the the prominent version of that story i read was when the autos all died and moved out and that and another family moved in which again there's confusion about who moved in (laughs) but Mm -hmm. uh when the other family moved in and they had the doll for a while they were the ones who said like they noticed its facial features changing and it would move around rooms and stuff like See, that in my research it was when Otto came back with um his wife and and they had parties at the house and whatnot people felt very uncomfortable because robert was like always around and when there were mm-hmm. conversations his face would change yeah regardless though other stories we've heard kids would walk by because Otto, when he moved back like built a turret room for this darn doll in his defense he it was like all about art and it was stocked too yeah with stuff yeah. Furniture. He furnished the entire attic. Not Stife, but the... stuff. <laughs> he could have called Stife for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's hard to say. Stife stuff. But he built it because his, his reasoning was it was the best place to get lighting first because he was a painter. So I get that having an art room. But you said like it, it was designed for Robert. Like he had little furniture and it was crazy. Well, I think too, one of the articles said that it was really kind of that Jean's wife pushed for this because she wanted to gone. She didn't yeah. want the doll in the house, yeah. which I can't blame her. <laughs> and so, but the solution would be to like turn your attic into, I mean, an artist studio slash playroom slash playroom. <laughs> my well, hangout even, pad for you, me and my boo robber. Well, even then, they would lock it in the attic, and then the next day they would find it like on the landing of the steps. Right. So well, that wasn't even enough for it. And kids said they would see it move from window to window up in that yeah. room. So that's pretty cool. Well, let's not forget, too, when he was a kid, the aunt said, we need to get rid of this doll. And so they locked it in a box for the night. And then the next morning she was dead from a stroke. Yes. There's another story, too, where one of the family members woke up in the night and it was standing there with a knife in its hands. Mm-hmm. We're not sure if that's true because it's got plushy hands. Just like the Annabelle, like ragdoll, like, oh, I'm going to strangle you. I don't understand. <laughs> 
But I think our hypothesis back then was if it's a demon, you said you're maybe having like a dream sequence where you are being choked by the demon or it's like a an incubus situation. So it could have been like a dreamlike state where you saw a demonic entity with a knife and it really wasn't Robert, but it was just manifesting as Robert. If we go back to that kind of idea. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because after, uh, after Gene comes back... Uh, he dies, you know, after taking care of the doll and all that, and the wife, for whatever reason, deals with it. Like, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. No. PJ had this conversation. Like, if that ever came out, I'm like, Mm-mm, we're done. Like, it's gonna be gone. It's yeah. not getting in the house. I don't care. Um, Meat grinder. The lore TV we'll show. Put it in the endurance sausages like last week's. <laughs> <laughs> to research, I watched the lore Amazon episode, mm-hmm. and the wife sets it on fire. And then it comes back the next what? day, and it's like, okay. That you... didn't happen in my research. Okay, Aaron Mankey, sure, have fun with that. Uh... Hollywood strikes again. <laughs> Darn it. Still a better story than anything Zach Bagans ever did, just saying. <laughs> so the wife didn't like it. They move, uh, when he dies, she moves out. And now one of three different stories happens. Either, I wrote it down, (laughs) either, uh, this is from Ranker.com, they say, uh, there's a story of a family with a teenage girl who finds Robert, and she's, like, happy to, like, uh, like, this really cool doll, like, yay, until she starts waking up in the middle of the night with him sitting on her face trying to smother her, and, like, repeatedly. Oh, those dolls. Um, then there, uh, another story is that a man bought the house. And died from carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, I feel like that one could be researched and probably deduced. Yeah, debunked. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's Myrtle Reuter. That's the story that I've heard. Which, obviously, at some point she does buy the house because she's the one who donated it to Mm -hmm. the museum. So, but was she the first one? Was there someone in between? We could just look at, like, property ownership. uh, Yeah. That'd be easy to fix. Yeah, but you'd have to, like, live in Florida. Just go down there. Let's go. She likes to. to she likes to microfiche. Yeah. She likes yeah. to go do I that do. kind of research. I would do Listen it. Lauren. I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> then next time I get stuck in a hurricane, we'll just stick them over there. And... Yes, so give me something to do. <laughs> but in terms of the knife story, that's another one like from lore. Yeah. I can't find it really anywhere else. We found it in one website, but it was a creepy pasta. It was creepy pasta, so you can't trust it as a reliable source. And I found a couple other sites that do talk about it, but they're like. Um, because that's why people think that Chucky is um based off of Robert the doll, but he's not. As we mentioned before, he's based off of the uh, My Buddy dolls, right? Yeah. Florida Insider and Ghosts and Gravestones both mention it, but again, it's literally the same sentence. Like they both found the same source, maybe lore, and copied, and copied and pasted it of finding, or they wake up to hearing giggling, and there's the doll with the knife at the foot of their right. bed. Apparently, and giggling it's the same. Like giggling this, is a common. a common, common thing. Yeah, um, but I'm not sure I believe the whole knife story because it's it's nowhere. I don't because how's he supposed to hold it with his cute little fluffy with hands? his puppy dog? Yes. Oh yeah, he's, 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 he's permanently holding that dog. Just like Lola, true. she can't hold a knife. She's too busy with a dog right now. Yeah. That's true. I mean, well, I mean, how does he throw gonna... furniture across the room? He has to put the dog down. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Maybe he's angry because someone took his dog. Ooh. I could see I it. I would see be that. angry. Yeah. 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 Well, look at that dog. <laughs> it's almost as creepy as him. <laughs> I can like see why they only made one. <laughs> <laughs> well, he likes it. They're peas in a pod. People in the outskirts of society. It's like, oops, we made a mistake, and then <laughs> sell it to this American. <laughs> oh, silly Americans! The one I'll mistake. tell them it's German. <laughs> it's foreign and exotic. You get a decent discount price. I'm here. Have some German sausages. Mm. Take this doll too. One of a kind. And the little dog too. <laughs> it it's a stuffed to animal. Episode. It's stuffed with something evil. <laughs> People. <laughs> Stuffed with evil. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Considering last week's episode was all about, you know, Matthias Schombacher, who was possibly America's first serial killer and was killing people, allegedly, and putting it in his German sausages. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
We had Kyle on for that one. <laughs> but Allegedly, he was never um, convicted. It, it is interesting, though, to me, again, that Gene lived in this house with his wife, basically his whole life, with Robert in his own private apartment. But then, you know, sooner or later, this Myrtle arrives on the scene, and then she lives with the doll for she 20 She thinks years. it's cute and adorable. Yeah, I mean, what is this this magic with the doll that people, like, not just, like, keep it in the house, but keep it actively around and, like, are catering to it? Like, that, to me, is kind of what's unique about him. Well, wasn't the Okiku doll that has the hair that grows? Yeah. Like, they keep that one around, and you said props to them for keeping it all this time because their hair keeps growing. Yeah. Ooh, it's weird. Rapunzel. <laughs> Listen, if I moved into my house and that thing was in my house, either Okiku right? or Robert, trash pile. Right? I ain't keeping that. Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I... I see, but this is the thing. Like, do you attempt to, like, get rid of it or, you know, run yes. the risk that it's going to come back well, with but, a vengeance? It's going to crawl back on its little paw here. Yeah. Backwards. <laughs> and twitch. You know, head twitch. <laughs> I don't think there was any Down the no... <laughs> Oh, I'm mixing. I'm mixing my stories. Yeah. But there's no research that says that Myrtle, like, had, like, was afraid of it. No, the only like, stories she didn't you say, she liked it. it. Yeah, like, it's not like she tried to get rid of it, and then it came back, and then she was afraid, so she was catering to it. She maybe just she liked really... it. And well, maybe she it. was lonely. Maybe. She was. But, like, why would you pick, pick up somebody else's old doll? I don't know. Like... Did she not have any of her own dolls from her own childhood? That's my question. I like, mean, I don't none know. like this, was this one. Those none like Robert. Reborn dolls. Maybe this was like her way of having a baby to take care of. I don't know. I just I find it very intriguing that Jean was so attached, and then later Myrtle was so attached. I could see your mom keeping a doll. She'd find too. Like maybe one day I'll give this to somebody. Mm. <laughs> not. I wouldn't encourage it. Oh, I wouldn't either. I'm just saying that I could see it. I found a lot of stuff in this house when I was, when we bought oh, the house. That's true. But any like, dolls? No, I throw those out. So if there were any, <laughs> I feel like she would look at me like, "What's this old junk? I'll buy a new doll." You know, like, she'd be like, "We could sell us on eBay." Maybe yeah. <laughs> your dad. It's just it's intriguing to me, is all. Nobody <laughs> wants your soulless doll. Actually, I would. I mean, like if I if, if <laughs> soulless doll. Actually, it has too much soul. Maybe. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> And I gotta say, to me, because to she one. kept it all that time, to me, it debunks it even being haunted. That's true. Personally. I mean, unless she was, maybe it was, she was lonely and maybe he was like actively like having tea with her and like, I don't know, he was her company for all we know. She may not have talked about it. Well, I, I don't want to go into debunking yet because I want to talk about where Robert is right now, but I don't think he's real. I mean, he's a, he's a doll, but I don't think there's anything special about him. Um, I agree with Kyle. But the story of him now, he is in the – I have it marked because I always mess up. He's in Key West. He's in a museum. What, it's it's on the beginning of page of one of those. Um, but he's behind glass. He is in a new little outfit, like a new little box too because someone bit, made him a new one. But go ahead. Yes, it is the – Fort East Martello Museum? Mar- Martello, yes. is that pronounced? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. <clears throat> and you can go visit him. Um, you're par- Apparently, uh, there's lots of rules. You're supposed to, like, ask to take a picture of him. And if you don't, you're supposed to say you're sorry or else bad things are going to happen. And that's when I firmly believe that is that whole, like, you are priming yourself to believe something bad's happening. Because – Bad luck comes with good luck. And if you're the last name of Hayden, bad stuff happens all the time. <laughs> like, you're only fun. saying that because our water heater broke today. And Ray A few Curtin days is... after Ray separated his shoulder. A few a days few... after before. Alex dislocated his elbow. And few... then a few days before, like, I totaled my car. Right. Yeah. 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 Only saying Nobody... it for all those reasons. Yes. And guys, <laughs> this is all true. <laughs> and they say it comes in threes, right? Yeah. So we, yeah. we prime ourselves. Three squared. <laughs> Only only for the Haydens. Three cubed, because we're that lucky. (laughs) We like math. So we like to extrapolate math. No. Anyway, uh, so I think that they prime themselves. Like, oh, I took a picture of Robert. Oh, man, my car stalled. That must have been Robert. Let me send him an apology later. No. Though I do like some of these uh, stories here, because I looked up, like, what are some curses that Robert has done to people? And on New York Post... They have some here of um, 
this one person there, like, as I snapped the picture, I looked at my camera and it said no images. All 50 plus pictures we had taken in Key West were suddenly gone. The next day we went parasailing. The boat captain took a video of us in the air. We got back home. The disc was blank. We went to a camera store and they couldn't find no reason why our pictures were gone and why the disc was blank. I've been hearing some strange noises during the night since I've been home. <laughs> to all who read this, please just listen to the lady at the front desk and ask for permission. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I sounds like they have a defective camera. Yeah. Or maybe they just like don't know how to use it. Te- yeah, right. I that's, mean, that's the trash button. Don't click the trash button. Click the clicky on top button. <laughs> it, it's worth noting, though, that Robert does get three to five letters a day. Mostly apology letters. And he even has, like, staff at the museum. Like, it's his personal assistant, basically, who reads his mail and takes care of him and, and all of that. There is one letter um, here. I think that you had marked this, Shannon. And it it says here, this is one of the apology letters that he got. And it's, quote, Sorry I did not ask out loud to take your photo. Since then, my husband lost his diamond ring, or his diamond out of his ring. I tore my rotator cuff and my daughter's wedding wedding was canceled. All happened before I returned home. Please (laughs) stop the curse. I am truly sorry. Life is hard enough. (laughs) And again, coincidence, I'm sure, you know, I'm sorry, but I don't, this is one time that I do not believe. This is definitely like when you're looking for a pattern and you start to see a pattern. You're priming yourself for it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, um, we talked about this on the podcast before, like EVP, electronic voice Voice. phenomena, when you're listening to Mm -hmm. static and you like, it will sound like static until someone puts a subtitle under it. And then suddenly you can understand Understand. what it's saying. Yes. And then if someone changes the subtitle. Oh, now it sounds like this. And yeah. It's the same kind of Or when you play, like, thought. yeah. Or do you remember that thing, Helter Skelter, the Beatles album? And if you play it backwards, oh, you're yes. like, you know, the devil is. And Chicago, the, yeah. there's something with a Chicago album that does the same yeah. thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and one of the artists was like, it's hard enough to write a song forward. I know. <laughs> you know, like, I can't write it backwards. Mm-hmm. You're hearing the scratching oh, that was, of yeah. your record. Please stop. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> so upsetting. Yeah. So I would like to start off by saying, I don't believe it. I already mentioned that I don't believe this. You can have your own opinions, but we're going to ask, like, who believes what and why. I don't think he's actually any kind of like demonically possessed anything. I think a little kid got a toy. He fell in love. Some bad stuff happened and he blamed it on the doll. And again, we don't have any proof that multiple toys were torn apart. We don't have proof that, you know, things were knocked all over. Sophie gets in the night and I'll yell at her, like, go back to bed. Oh, I'm just not tired. I don't care if you're not tired. Go back to bed. I'm sure they caught him like playing with toys and he got in trouble. And he's like, oh, it was Robert who did it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. To throw that in there, because I'm just, it's all supposition. But again, as a parent, and kids, you know, lie. But I feel like he was obsessed with the doll. Mm-hmm. He's an artist. But when he comes back and he spent all his time upstairs upstairs in the attic room in this turret tower thing with his friend. And he's got it all decorated and he's talking to the doll. There's something wrong with Otto, not the doll. I mean, like, there is a disconnect there. And then you try to figure out a reason as to why. Because we always want to have a reason as a human, right? Because, like, that social cue is wrong. Why is he playing with the doll? So you start making up lies. The second that you find something like that, you start adding to the rumor mill. And then you got to start over telling the stories more crazily and adding more fuel to the fire. I'm sure his wife, Anna. Anne. Anne. I'm sure she hated the doll. I know that I would get the thing out of here, you know, but now we have a reason to make more excuses and, oh, we saw the doll move and, you know, we, we know that Robert's cursed because, and oh, it must have been voodoo and why else would Otto be obsessed with this doll? Because he's a weirdo, you know, like weirdos exist. So I, I per, and then like some lady moves in and she's like, oh, it's a cute doll. I'll keep it. I think that just proves that it's not demonically possessed. She's like, here, have a doll. I just, I really don't, I don't think there's anything like haunted or special about Robert personally, but that is my own cranky suggestion. So what do you think, PJ? Me? Okay. I want to believe this because it fits all, a lot of the tropes of a good haunted doll, you know, the multiple voices in the room, the giggling, the footsteps that, you know, waking up and it's on the foot of your bed. I can't do it. It's a good try. (laughs) I tried. 
Uh, just the fact that he looks friggin' creepy. Uh, you know, all it's that... because he's an old doll. <laughs> all that stuff just, like, makes me want to believe it. But then there's just the complete lack of consistency for anything yeah. in this story. Uh, and the fact that if he was so mobile for a hundred whatever years, and now he's in a museum and he's not moving at all, <laughs> that bothers me. Yeah, that takes that takes a lot of the wind out of its Maybe sail. It's there. because he's so happy to be on display. I mean that. That's but what he they also say. doesn't want his picture taken. I mean, like, don't, if you're going to be on display, what do you expect? Like, he's it's unicorns and bluey. Change my mind. Change it again. Change my mind. <laughs> I wanted to believe it too, but you're right. The whole inconsistency situation does bother me. I think you make a good point. I feel like Annabelle had more consistency than Robert the doll. Personally. I was, I yes. was, yeah, yeah. Especially with regards to the whole mobility issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we're comparing the two, like Annabelle, hundred percent is just a. Like, then there's more of a demonic background to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just don't know, like... But I really want to. Like, I want to dig into, like, so much stuff. Tell me a little bit about the company and, you know, who was this woman? And I mean, think, what was her background? Was you'd she think if you had this evil freaking doll that you would start documenting or at least, like, know where it came from, yeah. you know? Right. You shouldn't have to do a Google search during a <laughs> podcast to answer one question. <laughs> that is true. I mean, and Myrtle donated, I think, in 1994. So, I yeah. mean, like, there's... That's pretty recent, you know, all mm-hmm. things considered. Yeah, Because the, the autos should like... have known, like, where this came from. That yeah. should have been common knowledge. Yeah. Well, that and there, I just feel like they could have had their own research on their website. There's just, I had to go to all these different places to get something that showcases research. But, like, all the stories are in, incons- there are a couple of consistencies, but most of it's just, like, you know, supposition or we heard about this. And I don't like the grapevine conversations yeah. when it doesn't match. And the people who are in charge of it do not have a good history of it. That bothers me. Travel Channel had a better <laughs> history of this stupid doll than the owners currently do. Yeah. So, I don't know. And, again, as Kyle said, if you can sell pictures of him in, in the shop, I don't care who you are. Like, this is just ridiculous. I still wonder who would dress her kid as a sailor. Well, even and I, I, agree. I still can't help my. Well, first off, and I think I come from a very like practical foundation. Like it's all white. Like I don't know. As I think it maybe like it maybe just got like ugly as it aged. Maybe I don't know. I just imagine. Well, you just think it's impractical to put I just a think boy it's... in a white suit oh, yeah, and that, go yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like a night. Yeah. There are pictures of him in that sailor outfit, though. But when you have servants, yeah, you can put him in lots true. of white. A that lot was of another. That men. was another origin story. There's a picture of him with like a little girl the same age as him, like, and he's in a sailor outfit, and they're outside playing. Uh, one of the other origin stories is that she gave him the doll. Oh, where'd she get it? I know <laughs> because she had the money to get a custom-made doll <laughs> from Germany. <laughs> But putting kids in white was actually pretty common back then, you know, just because they're pure and innocent and all that. I know, but something changes, I think, when they're like five, six, seven. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Play in mud. But these means you have servants to change them and clean the clothes. I guess. That'd be my guess. Like, you know, a dress up or costume or a photo or something, too, for something specific. Laura, you haven't officially given your stance on this. I haven't. I, I, I tend to agree. I think that is he's just a, a weird doll. But I think there must be something about him that when when Myrtle moved in, that that to me is the, like I can understand Jean because I still have like my two childhood toys, you know, pe- uh, Elliot and Piggy. You know, I still have them, and I get that I always have them, right? But I don't have a special room. <laughs> you for don't them. drink tea with them. <laughs> right. They're not invited to dinner. I don't have tea parties. <laughs> you know, like they're you know whatever. They don't travel with me. Um, and but I could understand like that Jean would have this doll and, and keep him forever. But I don't understand why someone else would have at that point an an old, not very attractive. Sorry, Robert. Um, you know, doll that was just like hanging out in this house that they bought. 
I mean, to me, that's like part of the stuff that you clear out for your own stuff. Yeah. Unless it was a drawback to her past, too, I mean, because she was she older. Liked antiques, you know. Yeah, she so could have, yeah. I easily would say, like, oh, you know, for that, oh, I remember seeing things like this when I was a kid. Not this exact model, but I remember, oh, right. this takes me back. You know, I, right. see, I could see them keeping it for that. Right. Can I recommend another discussion bit? Would the Warrens believe this is demonic? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why weren't they called? <laughs> yep. I mean, don't we they need think the everything Warrens. is? <laughs> <laughs> that, did that tin just move? <laughs> but to tie it all together, to go back to my first, my opening discussion, I think the reason that so many stories cropped up about Robert the doll is because of the theory of the uncanny. Because Otto must have had social cues that were in discord to our beliefs as, you know, regular, I hate to use the term, but regular humans. So the fact that he enjoyed adult, even through his adulthood, that must have bothered people enough to make up lies, to make up stories. And I think it's perpetuated then. And then what didn't happen really in his childhood probably became lore later. And now, of course, we have this crazy belief in this doll. So I think it's just because people made excuses for something that they didn't see as normal. Because you can see people walking around with dolls nowadays. We're all like, YOLO, you do you. Mm-hmm, girl, you go get it. We don't really care now, right? We're a little more accepting. But there, there is always a sect of humanity that will make up excuses and make up, you know, bad stories for those that we don't understand. So I think if I was going to get real and sad for a second, I think that happened. I think Otto had a very sweet heart. I think Anne recognized that. And they came back and he's like, oh, I forgot about you, my best friend. And Anne's like, mm, honey, no, put that away. And then you, ha- you can have a man cave in the attic. Yeah, get it upstairs. A uh, man cave slash playroom. Exactly. <laughs> play with your doll. Yeah, with your doll. But paint lots of good paintings so we can live comfortably. Good job, honey. Um, so I think that's what happened. Robert, what do you think about this one? <laughs> what, if, what if Robert? Go ask Robert your question about that. <laughs> We haven't considered a question, though. What if Robert was the artist? Mind blown. Mm. <laughs> what if Robert didn't want to be up there? Maybe he wanted to go up there because he was sick of Anne. Oh, maybe. oh, maybe. I wonder if Robert's the reason why Gene was so eccentric in his adulthood. I wonder how much that... Well, another another belief is that Gene is, is Robert and that Gene just, like, poured himself into the oh. doll like a horcrux. Or Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, right? Fight yes. Club. This took yes. quite an unexpected turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about Fight Club. Right? I'm sorry. We had one roll. Oh, we just broadcast it to everyone too. <laughs> one job. I, I have to scrub that now out of here. Oh. Tyler Durden, we're very sorry. <laughs> Robert the doll, also very sorry. Just in case. Or, or Otto. It sounds like oh, yeah. Uh, Gene? Robert, Eugene, Otto, the doll, and anything else Mm. that you... Otto Octavius, if you're real and out there, too. Dr. Octopus. Why are you talking to Carrie? (laughs) Carrie. If you're listening. Carrie, if you're listening, we're still coming for that interview. We are really off track. Speaking of of Hillview Manor now is taking um, appointments, like uh, reservations. So... That's something like How far is that come. again? Not very less than two and a half. We're game. Live and on location. Cool. Yeah. Are I think I think it'd be welcome? awesome. That's the I think real it'd be question. Really what? Are dogs welcome? No, it's not safe. <laughs> Even if you buy a little hard hat. Oh my god. Oh, can you imagine though if she had it. a little hard hat? Oh, oh you guys. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you're our age. And she no already kids. can't breathe. She's and you're gonna dog. put her in lead paint rooms like come on now that's not well she'd be protected from breathing in the lead paint (laughs) (laughs) she's wearing her own face mask (laughs) get your nose away from that mic you bumped enough tonight (laughs) what this isn't food i'm gonna lick it again oh boy anyway back yeah thank you lola back to our discussion of hillview manor um i've decided that next week i want to discuss penhurst Ooh, mm-hmm. let's get on to that kind of discussion because we got we got some really good, really good ironic wording there. Some really horrible places in Pennsylvania, like reformer, reformer. Good for our content. Good for our content. Yeah. So that's going to be a good story to tell. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be you and me or if we'll invite you back. We love having you guys here. 
really just depends on depends how. on your schedules really yeah. we're around are you volunteering it's for tuesdays. chamber commerce <laughs> always tuesdays we're good Cool. cool. And next week when we're here, I'll be 36. Ooh, I'll be yeah. on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. I'll be older than you finally again. Again. For a couple weeks. For three weeks. All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for being on YouTube. It's always thank a blast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You hear that? Thank you for having us. They have a good goodbye. What do you want to say? Goodbye. <sighs> I don't know what I expected. I love you so much. You know, for someone who has a podcast, <laughs> he's a man of few words. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll cut some it's of just, that It's just great out. to do this tour. It's painful. Every week. Anyway, let's say our goodbyes. Thank you for listening to Well House Exorcism. Please be sure to listen to our other podcast, Games Overboard, our baby, our creation, where we... Where we uh, review board games and talk about the stories they tell. You can also listen to Danger and Dice, our other baby. We love it so much. Brand new story. Yep. This week we have our first episode of the, well, first real episode of the new story. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Jack has in store I'm for I'm a little us. concerned. In our story of Forcier, brand new homebrew world and everything. Please be sure to check us out on Facebook, like, and follow us. Hop on YouTube and subscribe to our channel. You can also listen to all of our podcasts on all of your major platforms out there, Spotify and whatnot. Email us at gamesoboard at gmail.com or hit us up on our website at gamesoboard.com. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.